following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lee Maud Williams. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here's your host, Lee Maud Williams. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lee Maud Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Joining me, like each and every week for the last couple of weeks, is George, better known as G-Man. And George, welcome back to the show, Outside the Huddle. Glad to be back, Lamont. Glad to have you back. And, George, uh, another hot day, man. We've been out. We was off last week due to the holidays. So, real quick, how was your uh, 4th of July I mean, Fourth of July week? It was great, man. You always get to spend time with family. That's the best part. So, got to spend time with family and friends and watch the little one grow. So, that's always nice. How about you? Uh, no, same here, man. I had a chance to take a little short vacation and take my – daughters to see well and enjoy ourselves so it was a great chance to kind of get away regroup get refreshed and i'm happy to be back and throughout last week george we talked about you know the rockets going to be in a very being a very aggressive oh let me take a step back hold on if you want to join the show you can simply call in to the show call in number is 1-888-346-9144 again the call in number to the show is 1-888-346 9144. George, so much to talk about. I'm ready to jump right into it. But <clears throat> what I was trying to say is that the Houston Rockets, we knew that they were going to be very aggressive uh, going into the July 1st and going to the free agent market. And they jumped right into it, getting or snatching up from the LA Lakers, the uh, White Howard. So, George, you texted me throughout the vacation last week. You was all excited and, and, and talking about <laughs> this whole the whole the White Howard thing. So, you know, how excited were you when you first heard about the news? And, and kind of walk me through uh, your whole process of last week. Well, it's kind of it's funny because you see all these reports that come out, and you have to remember being a member of the media that you know some stuff is some stuff you can rely on, some stuff you can't rely on. And there's certain NBA insiders that you know when it comes from their mouth that it's true. So I saw a tweet from uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, and he had said that uh, some of the reports weren't true about Dwight Howard. And then he came back and recanted that statement and said that it was true. And I know that he's a pretty reliable source. So I was excited because living in Houston, we know – that uh that it's it's nice to get a, a big marquee player to come to town not just for the fans but also for the media it's it's a great time for us to be able to 
to interview that person and get to know them. And then not only that, winning always brings happiness to a city. So I think that Dwight Howard brings that to the Rockets, and I think he actually makes the Rockets a contender in the West. And I'm not going to say they're a top seed, but they are definitely a contender now. Oh, they, You know, they was always a contender last year. They made the playoffs, and they lost to OKC. I think adding Dwight Howard just gives them a front court presence. Uh, athleticism down there as well, and it helps them out, makes them a well-rounded team with James Harding playing guard. Now, the Rockets signed uh, Dwight Howard to a four-year deal worth about $88 million. Uh, You know, Dwight could have stayed with the Lakers and got and made another $30 million with one more season. Uh, you, know, you know, with Dwight now uh, uh, announcing that he's coming to Houston and everyone here in Houston, Texas is excited to have a uh, that presence down low, that big man presence down low. They haven't had we. Well, I say we because I've been living here in Houston now for nine years. But the Houston Rockets haven't had that presence since Yao Ming uh, retired a couple seasons ago. So, with the White Howard having some issues, George, uh, throughout last year, uh, you know, what's his what's his window? I mean, far as continuing to grow and, and, and improve as a player. I think in the system that he's going into, I think the size is the limit. Now, you look at the Lakers, and you say huge city, big basketball town. They always they always are on the top of the basketball world. But you look at the system that he was in, and you look at the people he was playing around. And Dwight Howard, I'm I'm not gonna say he's a baby, but he's not he's not the uh, he doesn't have the thickest skin. And uh, I think that. Him playing with Kobe was kind of a lot of pressure. You know, uh, Kobe Bryant uh, or, or sources close to Kobe Bryant have said that, you know, that Dwight Howard would make fun of Kobe or, you know, mock Kobe when he would leave the room and different things like that. And Kobe Bryant didn't take lightly of that. And he, he definitely had a conversation with Dwight Howard. Um, and, and, and it's just one of those things they kind of clashed. They, they are two totally different personalities. And you can look back to the days when, the Lakers were Kobe and Shaq. Kobe and Shaq never got along as well, and that's because Shaq is the same sort of personality as Dwight Howard, very playful and wants to, you know, to be around playful people. So coming to Houston gives him the opportunity to be with some young people um, and James Harden and Chandler Parsons and guys who don't mind, you know, having fun with the game. Kobe Bryant is a guy that's very serious about his game, and, and it's a job to him. And uh, a lot of these younger guys, such as James Harden and Chandler Parsons, they they love the game, but they also love to have fun with the game. And you could tell that in the way that they play the game and in the way that they are off court. You've interviewed, you know, James Harden before, and you, he's he's a he's a nice guy. He's a, a person that that doesn't take things too too hard, too anything to heart. So it's very it's very nice for him to come to a team where he can be himself, and when he can be himself. You look in Orlando, he can, you know, he can score up to 22 points in a season for his average, uh, which was his highest total in Orlando, and that's when he was most himself. So I think he's able to be himself with the Rockets, and I think that that will cause the Orlando Magic Dwight Howard to come out, and I think his sky, the sky is his limit. Okay, he's a, I agree with you. He's a fun-loving guy. He's a free-spirit type of guy. I'm talking about Dwight Howard. He's uh, always smiling, upbeat type of guy. And Kobe's more of a serious, you know, let's stick to the script, this type type of guy. And and you know, he gets happy when he's winning. You know, anytime he's losing, he's not happy. And Dwight is more of a, a well-rounded guy for us, bringing entertainment to the uh, to any team. 
you know, with this signing comes, you know, the positive of everybody exciting Houston with Dwight Howard coming to Houston. And on the backside, a lot of people are dogging him and upset with him from the West Coast on the L.A. side and uh, you know, throughout the NBA. Starting with, uh, you know, with Kobe, he unfollowed Dwight Howard and he tweeted <laughs> out that he, you know, he, he really don't follow people that's really trying to be his team. So do you think Kobe takes, you know, Dwight leaving and turning his back on the Lakers, you know, personal? Or you really believe that, uh, you know, as a competitor and having a competitive spirit than Kobe Bryant, uh, that's just the nature of just Kobe Bryant, just, you know, just talking out loud. I mean, I think that you look at it, if I'm not mistaken, he's friends with Chris Paul, correct? They're friends from the Olympic days, you know, when when they're on the Olympic team together. So I think that it was a way for him to cover it up. Chris Paul is right there in the same city as him. And they're competing each year, year in and year out, and he doesn't unfollow him. So I think it's it's a bitter moment for him because Kobe Bryant felt as if he's Kobe Bryant and the Lakers are the Lakers and Dwight Howard should just stay, and that's the reason why he should just stay, and not to mention the $30 million that he left on the table. So Kobe Bryant felt like it was a slap in the face that he didn't want to stay with an organization that could offer him, you know, the glitz and glamour that LA could. And, you know, Kobe Bryant is, is, is one of those people that he, he has, he has an arrogance about him. And I don't know that I'd be able to play alongside him. So I don't blame Howard for coming here. It gives him a better chance ultimately in the end to win a championship now, now rather than later. Yeah. I mean, everyone thinks that, you know, the Lakers are kind of like the, the, the Yankees and the Cowboys in that sense, everyone feels like they draw people into them. No one really leaves their organization, goes to other teams. But right now, the Houston Rockets has a one-up on them. Uh, you know, going from L.A. to Houston is kind of unheard of throughout the league, but it happened. Mm-hmm. I think you got to give credit to Daryl Morey and the whole Houston Rockets organization. Daryl Morey is the general manager. By putting together a great package, putting together some great people to go solicit Dwight Howard to convince him that this opportunity here in Houston is a great fit for him. Keem Olajuwon is the guy that went out as well. I think uh, Olajuwon can bring some insight and some help to Dwight Howard's game here in Houston as well as Kevin McHale. Kevin McHale is going into his last contract year for the Rockets. And, um, you know, Kevin McHale was an all-star within himself with the Boston Celtics. So, uh, you know, my next question to you, is, uh, George, about Dwight Howard is that now that it's all said and done without the press conference that should take place this week, which I will be attending, uh, <clears throat> now that it's all said and done with the Houston Rockets getting Dwight Howard, how, how far do you think they will go uh, next season and, and hopefully in the playoffs? I think it all hinges on one thing, and that is if the Houston Rockets can get a trade done. And I texted you this this past week. Um, that if the Houston Rockets can get a deal done to get Rajon Rondo here, I think that they can be the best team in the West. But as of right now, I think that they are second best at at best, um, second to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, And, you know, I just believe that just purely based on the talent that they've acquired and the team um, longevity, as far as longevity, these, these guys are all young and they're ready to play and they're hungry. So, um, I think that, that they're the second-best team in the West as of right now, but if they can acquire Rajon Rondo, watch out, because the West is going to be theirs to to, to own. Yeah, I just 
I don't really see Rajon Rondo <laughs> coming down here after the Celtics traded, you know, pretty much their whole team to to Brooklyn. And we'll talk about that in the next segment. But uh, before we kind of take our break, I don't see what time we have here. Uh, I think it's almost time for a break. I don't hear the music, but I'm pretty sure it's close to a break. So let's go ahead and break, uh, George. When we come back, I'm going to ask you about those Shaq comments towards Dwight Howard as well as the city of Houston. Next on Outside the Huddle, with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports if you want to talk about the east coast sports scene particularly from the southeast make sure you tune in to the jeff owen show every tuesday yeah we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there but host jeff owens and co-host tasha humphrey know the inside and out of the georgia college sports world and they were born there raised there and still live the scene we'll talk about every sport imaginable Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Continue to talk NBA with my man George, better known as AKA G Man. And George, we talk a lot about the Houston Rockets, about the Rockets signing Dwight Howard last last week, and and how the city of Houston is excited for Dwight Howard to be here. Another All Star to join James Harden and Chandler Parsons, and hopefully uh, Jeremy Lin if he sticks around. But we never know what's going to happen with Jeremy Lin. But you know. We talk, also, we mentioned that, you know, on the positive side, which I just stated, the negative side of people and players within the league making comments about Dwight Howard leaving L.A. We talked about Kobe and his comments, his tweet about Dwight Howard. Now I want to mention uh, Shaquille O'Neal made a statement about, he made a, you know, he made a statement about it, but at the same time I want to break down his statement. He, he had talked about one about Dwight 
uh, kind of shine away from the spotlight in L.A. I want to get your thoughts on that. And also he had mentioned to a shot at Houston saying it's a little town, you know, it's a safe move for Dwight Howard to go to a little town like Houston. So I also want to get your thoughts on that too. But go ahead and start. Yeah, I mean, Shaquille O'Neal is a big, big presence in the league. And, you know, he, he can get his voice out there. And I think Shaquille O'Neal may be a little bit bitter from how uh, Orlando – got uh beat by the Houston Rockets in the uh in the NBA playoffs uh back when he was playing with Orlando so he might he might not want to he might not want uh Dwight Howard to come here just based on that but that's neither here nor there Shaquille O'Neal has his opinion about this but I honestly don't feel that it it's that legitimate of an opinion because Houston is a big city um it may the 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 persona of Houston though is that the media is a lot less harsh on athletes which is true you know uh the i think the Houston media is a lot more forgiving than the LA media or the New York media is um but at the same time you're still expected to get results and a superstar like Dwight Howard if he comes and performs the way that he did in LA or you know underperforms then I don't think that the the Rockets or the media are going to be too light on him. I think that everyone expects this team to be a legitimate contender for the finals, and I think that if if that's the contingency around the city, that it has to be met. Yeah, and, and another thing, why, in your opinion, does it does it feel to you, why is it killing Nils to me seems like, He's always coming down hard on uh, Dwight Howard. Do you feel like it's just straight hating, or you feel like, uh, you know, he's just trying to find a way to push Dwight Howard into greatness? Well, I think that it's it's the fact that Shaquille O'Neal sees the game that he used to play changing very rapidly. And Dwight Howard is not your traditional center that used to play back in the day of Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal was a power post-up center. Dwight Howard likes to think of himself as a power post-up center, but that's not where his game is at its at its highest. His his game is at its highest on the pick and roll. And although Dwight Howard doesn't see that yet, I'm sure Kevin McHale can instill that into him. It's going to be best if he plays his game and not not try, and doesn't try to play Shaquille O'Neal's game because Shaquille O'Neal was great at what he did and Dwight Howard needs to be great at what he does. So, in my opinion, I think that Dwight Howard just has to set aside any comments that he gets or any grief that he gets from anybody else, especially from Shaq, because Shaq left the Lakers as well um, when when he had heat coming from Kobe Bryant as well. So I don't think that he's in any position to to criticize anyone for leaving a situation that's obviously hostile. Yeah, Shaq left <clears throat> left L.A. and went down to Miami. Actually, won another championship in Miami in 06 with, with Dwayne Wade coming in. So uh, Shaq, you know, I think Shaq's just been Shaq. <clears throat> he finds a way to make certain comments, like you said, whatever he says, magnify in the NBA because he's a former player, all-star, and future Hall of Famer. So Shaq, you know, whatever he says in the league kind of rings out, especially when he's making comments about big guys or guys that played his position or playing his position, you know, people sit down and listen to his opinion because he knows what he's talking about. All right, mm-hmm. kind of wrapping up here with the Rockets deal, give or take, you know, overall, where you see the Rockets going in 2013 this year uh, with Dwight Howard in the front court? 
I think they go a long way. I think that they're they're going to get a lot further than they got this year. Obviously, um, they'll make it. You know, and then maybe maybe even get past Oklahoma City. It would take you know a lot of effort from the team, but I definitely think it's a doable thing. Like I said, I'm still thinking that this Rajon Rondo trade is going to go down. I even tweeted that out to Daryl Morey. I don't know if he reads those tweets, but I'm just putting it out there that I think, you know, maybe Omer Ashik and, and Jeremy Lin and a third-round pick will go to the Celtics and uh, the Rockets may acquire Rajon Rondo. I'm just putting that out there now. So give me credit if it happens. If it doesn't, you can give me grief. Call the show, and I'll I'll take the criticism. <laughs> Either way, it's some good feedback. I mean, you got to take a shot at it. I mean, I mean, if you, if you feel like it's a way for them to get him, and I agree. Uh, I just, right now, I think the Lakers, I mean, excuse me, the Rockets are just trying to figure out their next move. I don't think they're they're going to be uh, as aggressive as trying to find someone to play, replace Jeremy Lin because at the end of the day, Jeremy is pretty good. I mean, it's not like he's he's bottom of the barrel at the point guard position. Now, he had some injuries last year, but uh, for the most part, I think he will, he will fit fine with, with the star lineup they have now. Uh, I'm talking about Dwight Howard, so it remains to be seen how it all plays out. But I'm, I'm definitely excited to see what takes place. I got the Rockets making it to the second round. Depends on who they play in the second round uh, will be the outcome. But uh, at least I got them advancing past the first round this year. Another exciting trade that took place last week, right after, well, right during the draft, it was the Boston Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets. The Boston Celtics traded. Pretty much, their power three players, uh, well, the last two of them, because uh, Ray Allen was in Miami this year playing for the Heat. Uh, they traded Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Jason Terry to the, to the Nets. And in return, the Celtics get five players, one being uh, Chris Humphreys. You know, he get, they get uh, some other players, first-round picks, 2014, 16, and 18. So the Celtics pretty much, George, are in a rebuilding mode. They got a new coach this year uh, from Butler. His name slips my mind. I get it here in a second. But they have a new coach now going to re- rebuilding mode, kind of shipping, shipping off their star players in Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce. Jason Terry pretty much was a role player, bench player. So, uh, no, let me, let, me, let me back up. What was your original thought when you heard about this trade and when it went down during the draft? I thought the Boston Celtics got a steal because look at all the 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 players that they received from from the the I mean yeah the players that they received from the Nets I mean you get you get Gerald Wallace you get Chris Joseph you get uh, Marshawn Brooks Chris Humphreys three other players that are going to be first round talents it's it's amazing that you get all this for. I honestly think Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce are toward the end of their careers. I don't think that they're at the peak of their careers. They're definitely not at the height of their careers. So why you would why you would give away all of that talent and these three potential young first round picks? It just it it blew, it blew my mind. I honestly I couldn't believe that it happened because while Garnett and Pierce are both good players at their position they're not going to get the nets where they need to go. I know they have Darren Williams still, but I just don't think that they're at the height of their careers where they can be game changers the way that they used to be. Yeah, you know, for that, for the most part, when they created the big three with Garnett, Paul Pierce, and, and um, Ray Allen, 
you know, we knew this day would come. You know, eventually this day will come where uh, they will hit a ceiling when those guys just feel like they're getting old, older and the Celtics will move in a different direction. Um, you know, it would just be hard to see Paul Pierce in a different uniform due to the fact that mm-hmm. he's always been with Boston throughout his career. And KG for the most part. I mean, KG has identified himself as a Boston Celtics player and with his aggressive defensive play and, yeah, it'd just be tough to see that. Now, let me ask you a question. With this trade, what is it, where does it put the Brooklyn Nets going into the season? I think the Nets are still going to be contenders. I mean, you have Darren Williams, Joe Johnson, and Brooke Lopez. That's their big three. But I think what it does is it, it it's a similar thing, and I hate to – I hate to jump to football, but I'm just going to make this comparison, jump right back into basketball. But it's a similar thing to what the Texans did with signing Ed Reed. Ed Reed's on the end of his career, and he's going to be able to mold young talent and and teach them the way to become more Ed Reed-like. The same thing with Kevin Garnett. He can come in and teach Brooke Lopez or uh, Joe Johnson how to be a big. And then Paul Pierce, you know, of course, veteran leadership is always going to be a plus. So I think that if you look at the if you look at the big picture, um, it helps the Nets out in that they can get some veteran leadership and 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 kind of get some experience for these guys who haven't won a championship and let them know what it's like to win a championship and what it takes to be a champion. But not just on the court; it helps them learn how to be a champion off the court. With Jason Kidd now being a rookie head coach, from a former player to right into the coaching. Uh, rankings of of a head coach, so uh, it's going to be fun to see with Jason Kidd running the team with players that just played with him last year. You know, you got Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. You see how it was funny to see how that that all works out. But uh, I, 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 you know, whatever it takes. I think they still have some left in their tank. I think I'm talking about Paul Pierce and Garnett and, and Jason Terry. Jason Terry brings a different type of energy off the bench, so it makes. <laughs> Brooklyn a contender. However, uh, I don't think. Uh, I mean, it'd be it's, it's very hard for me to say I can see them making a push for the championship and beat Indiana or beat Miami. Now, something else that you can think of as well is Jason Kidd. He was a coach. He's a player. He's never been a coach before. So they may be bringing in these veterans who won championships before as well to be floor generals, so that when they're situations Jason Kidd really doesn't have to coach the the talent that's on the floor they know what to do in these in these certain situations so I think that that gives them as well because it's not as easy as people think being a head coach is is definitely a difficult task you have to make sure that you know your opponent inside and out so that you know where they're going with the ball and having that that instinct from veteran players on the court it it alleviates a lot of the pressure that the coach the head coach has to make his players do what they're supposed to do because these veteran players are already going to know what to do yeah i totally agree i think having uh, that leadership on the court would kind of alleviate some pressure off Jason Kidd. But at the end of the day, Kidd signed up to be a coach, so he needs to coach. He can't rely too much of the experience of his players to help him in tight situations. He has to draw plays. That's the most interesting part of the whole deal is that when it all comes down to it, when he has to draw up a play or set something up to prepare his team to go back on the court, hit a game-winning shot, or stop a team, that's why I want to see where Jason Kidd coaching ability kicks in, or will he lean more towards the assistant coaches to help him out? 
Mm-hmm. It's definitely going to be interesting to see. Like you said, I mean, it's one of those things you want to you want to wish for Jason Kidd and his endeavor as being a head coach. But I think he is going to rely a lot on his assistant coach, which is kind of a bad thing because I feel like if he's going to rely on the assistant coach, then the assistant coach should be the head coach. He probably should have started it as an assistant coach so he could learn. But hey, it's going to be exciting to watch, and it'll be cool to see uh, see a, a former player coach the players that he just played with. Yeah, it'd be it'd be really fun to see that because what uh hold on for a second turn the sound down with that. Yeah, it'd be really nice to see that because what Jason Kidd now as a head coach, uh, you know, it's a lot of egos to maintain in that locker room. You know, that's another mm-hmm. uh, point I want to point out too is like you know, you just don't manage a game or you just don't coach a game. You manage people and personalities and egos, so especially NBA players. So it's going to be very tough for for ball. I mean, for Brooklyn this year. I mean, it's going to be tough out the gate, in my opinion. Uh, that's why you see Jason Kidd now is over coaching summer league, trying to get a trying to get a feel for what's going to take place going into the season. All right, that's enough about Boston. That's enough about Brooklyn. We did enough about the Rockets. We're still in the NBA. Let's talk about some guys that's moving around, going to different teams. Uh, we talked about the Lakers and one of the former Laker player, Andrew Bynum. Uh, looks like he's going to reunite with his former coach over in Cleveland. Talked with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mike Brown found a way to bring Andrew uh, Bynum. Now, Bynum gets a two-year deal worth $12 million, George, but he didn't play at all last year for Philly. Uh, you know, what are your overall thoughts on, on Andrew Bynum? Do you think he still has something left, or is he a bust? That'll be something we'll answer on the other side of the break. I just heard the music, so that means we got to go pay some bills. So uh, I'll let you guys, yeah, I'll let you guys go ahead and and break this one, and we'll we'll talk about that after the break. That sounds good to me, and we'll do more of that after the break. Next on Outside the Huddle, with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's at 
Tough shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. the left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Continue to talk NBA with my boy George, better known as AKA G Man. And George, right before the break, I presented to you the opportunity to talk about Andrew Bynum. Andrew Bynum was with the Philadelphia 76ers last season, did not play, but was able to get a deal with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mike Brown is former coach, two year deal worth $12 million. So do you feel like uh, Bynum has something left in his tank or he's still an uh, ongoing process? It's a win-win situation for both sides. I think that Bynum has some left in his tank, and he's not—he's not at the end of his career like like your Kevin Garnett, who we just talked about in the last segment. But the, the contract works out for both both sides. It's an incentive—it's an incentive-laden contract, which be- basically means that he has to meet certain standards, and those standards uh, are being in training camp, uh, playing in games, basically doing what you're supposed to be doing. And uh, that that should come easy if he can stay healthy. Now, there's a list I'm going to give you of players. And if I told you that he's on the same list of the, as these particular players, it would amaze you. You look at Shaquille O'Neal, Tim Duncan, Dwight Howard, and Hakeem Olajuwon. Those are just the biggest names that pop off the list to me. Um, those are a list of players that averaged 18.7 points, 11.8 rebounds, and 1.9 blocks per game at the age 24 or younger. And Andrew Bynum is on that list. He's done that as well. So I think that it's nice to have a person who has such an upside that he does. And if he can stay healthy, this is a big acquisition for the Cavs. And it's great that it's an incentive-laden contract because that almost ensures that Bynum will play at his full potential and won't be holding out for any immature reasons. If he can't play, it'll be because he's hurt. Yeah, it gives him an opportunity to be get some motivation under his belt and get back into the system. He's been out for a whole year, uh, but he, he needs to get going quick. Yeah, I mean, how much is it more of a a system? Well, you, you threw out some numbers there. He's on the list with some great players, future Hall of Fame players, or some Hall of Fame players as well. How much is it more of a system that fits a player, like, for example, him going back, Bynum going back to uh, uh, play under coach Mike Brown, which he flourished at 24, Compared to you know with him without Mike Brown and and playing well he didn't play for the Seventy Sixers or post Mike Brown. Yeah, like if he would have gone back to a Los Angeles and been under Mike D'Antoni, it would be it'd be one of those things where the system doesn't fit the player. I think that him going to Cleveland with Mike Brown gives him a sense of comfortability and that he knows he can be himself. Any time a player feels that they can be themselves 
with a team, it gives that player that much more confidence to go out there and do what they do every single night. So Andrew Bynum will feel comfortable in this system, and he'll feel like I can be the big that I'm supposed to be and post up and do what I'm supposed to do. And and, and he's going to feel that way, and I think that he comes back and has a great season, and I think that he's going to be one of the one of those players that we look back on and say either he was a huge bust or – he was he was he was a great player on the back end of his career and he got his stuff together. Well Biden was gonna have an opportunity to play with the twenty thirteen number one overall draft pick from the Cleveland Cavaliers and Anthony uh Bennett. You know, where did Bennett come from? I mean, George, you know, everyone had uh someone else predicted to go number one in the draft, but Bennett snuck in there and stunned everybody from the start with the draft. Um, uh, I can't think of the kid's name. Uh, Noel, I think that's the last name. Everyone had him yeah, going number one. Early, yeah, everyone had him going number one in the draft pick. I mean, in, in 2013 draft, but didn't get drafted. Uh, I mean, didn't go number one, and Anthony Bennett went number one. So, kid from Canadian. I mean, he's Canadian. He's from Canada. So, oh, number one overall. Tell me a little bit about Anthony uh, Burnett that you know about. Well, I know that he played for UNLV. That's the one thing that I do know, and the rest is up up for discussion when we start seeing him playing the NBA pretty much. I mean, it's crazy that all these guys that got drafted this year have been have come from nowhere. You look at it, this was a record in the first round, 12 players of international descent were drafted. So you had a lot of people coming off the board that people were scratching their head and not really knowing what was going on. So it's one of those things um, that that we're going to have to really see how the season plays out. And these GMs and these coaches, they know what they're doing. They go in those war rooms and they're you know their heads are 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 right in the game and they they're making sure that they're getting all the right picks. So it's it's one of those things. You look at you look at this. You say, okay, well, Nerlens Noel was the big marquee name. But it could very well be that that the Anthony Bennett kid is is a lot better. So I'm 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 optimistic to see how everything goes, and I just I hope that it goes well. Like I said, I was talking to you about this during during break. I honestly think that the Cavaliers are making a push to get LeBron James back. And I know this sounds crazy, but if the Miami Heat don't win another championship this year, I think that LeBron James opts out of his contract. So I, don't think I, I think that's just my opinion. Yeah, but. I'm not to disagree. I, I really don't see LeBron coming back to Cleveland for Anthony Bennett and and to play with Andrew Bynum. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, only only reason why he come back if he's loyal to, you know, like you said, his hometown, Akron, Ohio, uh, and the people in Cleveland. But we all saw his loyalty a couple of years ago when he opted out to go to Miami. So, staying with the draft, a lot of things took place throughout the NBA draft. Uh, I know it was a couple of weeks ago, but we didn't get a chance to touch on as much because uh, we was out last week. Isaiah Cannon, the Rockets' first round draft, well, second round draft pick, excuse me, number 34 overall. Uh, they end up getting a point guard, a mature point guard from out of Murray State. Okay, George, uh, do you like the pick? You don't like the pick? Give me your thoughts. I like the pick a lot. I think that the Rockets acquired someone who they needed on their team. Um, they're looking for scores, and that is what uh, Isaiah Cannon is. Um, he was one of the nation's top scorers. He averaged about 21.8 points per game and was 43% shooter. So he's he's 
a great scorer, and that's what the Rockets need. Now they can develop it how they want to and get him, you know, in behind your good scores that are on the team now and James Harden and Chandler Parsons and really make a run at uh, at pursuing a title. It would be great to have someone that you know can score like that coming off the bench. Now, he took at least eight three-pointers in, in, uh, per game last season, and he knocked down 37% of them. So it's it's great to have that confidence and um, and, and be able to know that if, if he's on the bench, coming off the bench, that you have somebody that can score and can change the game um, and put the momentum in the Rockets' favor. So I think that's a great pick. Is that the music? I don't know if I could hear the music or not. I'm up there listening for the music. But, uh, yeah, I heard what you said. I, I really believe uh, Isaiah Cannon is a, a good fit for the Rockets. seems like he's a tough player. I like his maturity, uh, the fact that he's uh, coming out of Mary State, comes in with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, drafting a point guard, what does it say about Jeremy Lin? Does it put more pressure on Jeremy Lin or not? I think it puts pressure on any player anytime someone is drafted because uh, you know this from playing in the league. This is a what have you done for me today league. It's not what have you done for me lately. It's what are you doing for me right now. So these players have to perform, and, and having someone that's such a good score um, right behind you definitely puts that pressure on you. So it's it's a good it's a good thing for both parties because Cannon doesn't want to want to be from the bench all the time. He wants to be a starter. And Jeremy Lin doesn't want to lose his starting job, so he's going to step up and perform. So I think it's a win-win for everyone in the situation. Yeah, we'll see how it takes place as it plays out. Uh, it's always good to have some young talent building up behind you. Uh, I had a chance to watch briefly the Rockets Summer League game. Uh, Patrick Beverly looks like he's still in regular season form or playoff form. He was lights out against uh, the team I saw him playing against. But um, Isaiah Cannon, he's a young man I'm going to keep my eye on definitely uh, this season. I really believe that he, at 22-year-old point guard, was going to push Jeremy Lin and try to find some playing time. Definitely. When you say Patrick Beverly's in playoff form, does that mean he's taking people's knees out? or nah. is, he, is he tackling people? He what I mean by that, he's playing aggressively. He's continue to yeah, play yeah. and be active like he did throughout the playoffs. Yeah, nah, but I, get what you I, I, I see a lot in Patrick Beverly, and it's great to see a guy that, that that's that aggressive coming off the bench. So, I mean, you look at the depth that we that the uh, the Houston Rockets are going to have at point guard and Jeremy Lin, Patrick Beverly, and now Isaiah Cannon. I think that it definitely uh, it definitely gives a spark to the offense. Yeah. All right, I haven't heard the music, but I'm assuming it's time for us to take another break. So let's go ahead and break, and it gives us more time to kind of wrap up the show next in our last segment, George. So let's do that, and we'll kind of finish off some NFL. We did a lot of NBA through the first three segments to score and talk some NFL and wrap up the show next on Outside the Huddle with Lee Mike Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
If you're looking for a radio show about boxing, you usually can't find one until you stop by the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to Outside the Ring with former world lightweight champion and U.S. Olympian David Diaz. We'll deliver the knockout punches with our guests as we go inside the minds of today's top fighters. We'll throw in discussion of other sports as well from time to time. Outside the Ring with David Diaz airs every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time noon pacific on the voice america sports channel tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond listen for the comeback radio show with tony farmer a lot of people believe what they read on the internet hear and see in the media and on the news we're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype it's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. We're entering to my... Well, my our last segment of the show, I'm here with George, better known as G-Man and George. We've been talking a lot. 75% of the show has been about the NBA. We can't wrap up the show without talking about the NFL. The, the favorite, My favorite sport, I'm pretty sure, is one of your favorite sports. And uh, Let's go ahead and jump right into the NFL and talk about the Giants. New York Giants signed their best receiver, one of their best receivers this week by giving them an extension. Talking about Victor Cruz. Now, Victor Cruz, George, was an undrafted free agent player. He uh, was able to earn his, his way through the league. Brought the salsa dance to the end zone. Now he got a six-year contract through 2018 for the Jets. I mean, excuse me, for the Giants. Worth somewhere of $46 million with a $15 million guarantee for the first two seasons. Do you think that the Giants jumped the gun on signing him? Right now, or you think that this is well, this money that he just signed was well deserved? I think it's well deserved. I think he's put together numbers that the team needed him to put together. He's had a few clutch catches that have won them games as well. So I think you have to pay the players that are performing for you. And he's played a total of four years in the league. I mean, uh, he's 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 has he played two, four years? Is it four years or two years? Yeah, I'm sorry. So he 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 had a, a 1,092 yards last year uh, with 10 receptions. So it's one of those things you look at you look at the you look at his stats and his, his stat sheet speaks for itself. And he's a good receiver. He gives Eli Manning the confidence that he needs to be able to just toss him the rock, and he can do what he does with it after after he gets it. So I think that Victor Cruz is definitely deserving of the contract, and I applaud uh, I applaud him for getting it. He he earned it. And he definitely earned it. Uh, undrafted free agent out of, I want to say, UMass. Um, mm-hmm. you know, earned his way up into the uh, – been a 
one of the premium top receivers, especially in the north on the northeast side of, of the country, uh, NFC East, one of the tough divisions as well. You know, slot receiver guy can come across the middle, also beat you deep. Uh, it's not a big receiver like uh, Hicks, his teammate, but he's an asset for the for the Giants, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, Victor Cruz bring a different element to the table. Uh, humble young man. Seems like uh, he, he's getting a lot of credit and getting what he deserves, which is a contract. You know, Jerry Reese found a gym and Diamond in the Rough and Victor Cruz, and now it's starting to pay off. Definitely, and I think this actually you you mentioned you mentioned uh, Hakeem Nix. I think that this contract actually benefits Hakeem Nix in that he can now base his contract off of what Victor Cruz got. Um, I think that they're a tandem that is is a good receiving tandem, and I think that Hakeem Nix wants to stay with the Giants now that he knows that Victor Cruz is there and that they're definitely contenders. So I think that. He can uh, he can demand um, a, a high price tag the way that uh, Victor Cruz did. Now it's not going to be as high because he of course wasn't as productive, only 692 yards and three touchdowns last season. But it is definitely something that that I'm looking forward to see him. Like I said, Hakeem Nix needs to get his payday as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, kudos to all the players that's getting new deals. I mean, I'm a, I'm a player first guy. If you're out there performing. Yeah, I think you deserve a new deal. So kudos to those guys. And, you know, going from the Giants all the way to the West Coast, uh, you know, San Francisco 49ers quarterback, uh, Colin Kaepernick, late bloomer last season, led his team to the NFL Super Bowl, uh, lost against the Baltimore Ravens. But now he's starting to feel the wrath of being a starting quarterback. He's starting to feel the wrath mm-hmm. of, of things that you do all to feel affect you not just in the season, but all the se- <laughs> out of season too. And it was a big, you know, hoopla about him wearing a Miami Dolphins hat and, um, you know, celebrating July 4th, posting the photo on Instagram. You know, social media can be the uh, be a good thing and a bad thing. But, you know, the whole thing, George, I want to bring up is, uh, you know, as a fan, is, I mean, is it right for, for fans to be upset for to their, at their players or at – Certain players on their team for wearing opposite teams' hats, or you just think is you just think is uh, really a no big deal. As a competitor, I'm never going to wear anyone else's hat because that uh, that makes me feel like I'm supporting those other players that are on that team. I'm buying that memorabilia, and that that franchise is getting money, and that money is going towards them signing new contracts for the guys that I don't want on that team. I, you know, I, I don't see the point in wearing any other team's gear. I think that you as a starting quarterback have to be more mature. And, you know, what is it that uh, Hermes always says? Think before you press send. Is that what it is? Yeah. That's what he has to do. He can't, he, can't, he can't send things like that out. You're a starting quarterback. And, honestly, this goes to show the maturity level that he has with being a young quarterback and, and then putting him into that position so quickly. Um, I just think that, that as a competitor, I'd never wear uh, an opposing team's gear. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, we live in a different day and age now. A lot of the young players call it swag and they want to wear different things. So uh, <laughs> it's not really a big deal to me. Uh, now, if he had it on game day, going to the stadium, then that might be something. To, you know, but in all yeah. season on his own personal time, it's probably a hat that he owned uh, for a while and, 
Uh, really, it's really not a big deal. Speaking of memorabilia and hats and jerseys, the New England Patriots allow their fans to return their jerseys uh, of the Aaron Hernandez jerseys to the team uh, shop and, um, this past weekend. And I, I read somewhere where, George, somewhere up to $250,000 worth of jerseys that was exchanged for the Aaron Hernandez jersey um, that fans had going into the season. So, first, do you think it's a, I mean, what are your thoughts? You thought it was a good idea for New England as an organization to offer this up to their to their fans to come return the jerseys? I don't think it's something that New England had to do because they did separate themselves from the situation. They've already lost out on a lot of money by just cutting the guy. So if they were trying to make a public statement that they don't support, you know, alleged murderers, then they, they've already done that by cutting him. I don't think that it was something that they had to do, but I think it's a nice gesture. You know, there's a lot of people out there who don't want the name of a, a an alleged murderer on their back when they're going to support their team. So to be able to exchange that jer- jersey at no cost to you is great. Now, my question is, what about that fan that wore the, the jersey day in and day out and it was all beat up? Did they get to exchange it for a brand-new Tom Brady jersey? Because if so, that that just seems like a steal to me. <laughs> that is a steal, but just imagine the the fan that had the autograph Aaron Hernandez rookie jersey because he came in wearing number eighty five, then he switched to eighty one. So could you imagine? You know, but then again, this is today. You know, ten years from now, it might be worth something. Uh, just like OJ stuff might be worth something ten years from now. So I don't teach his own. Uh, I just don't, I just, I don't know. I mean, the Patriots are doing a great job, I guess, of trying to uh, just, just, I mean, trying to separate themselves from anything, any ties to Aaron Hernandez. And it's just, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I said, yeah, that's, I mean, that's one of those things that uh, all these organizations don't want their self to be tied to any type of, of alleged criminal, um, especially something of this magnitude. It's one of those things that that you have to separate from the organization. But like I said, they lost so much money already in cutting him that it was no question that they wanted to separate themselves from him. So it's not something that they had to do, but I, I, I definitely agree with it. Yeah, I mean, I guess it is. From a PR standpoint, I mean, cut ties, move forward. Fans don't want to go tailgate, can show up to the stadium with the same jersey on that is tied to allegedly to a player that that has ties to murdering uh, an innocent person. So I can understand that. Now, Bob Kraft, the owner of the of the New England Patriots, uh finally made a statement this week about Aaron Hernandez situation. Uh, you know, don't really want to go too much in the murder case, but however I want to talk about Bob Kraft, uh Robert Kraft, he said he was duped and the whole organization has been duped, but do you believe that? I mean, honestly, do you really believe some of the things that Bob Kraft stated? Oh, man, I thought we had time. All right, George, it's time to wrap up the show. I'm sorry about that. I presented that question to you late, but uh, great show today, man, great energy, and I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you having me on, Lamont, and we'll do this thing again next week. Yeah, try to do it next week. Try to squeeze everything in within the one first hour or within one hour. And I want to thank everyone out there for listening to the show outside the huddle. 
believe my wills until we meet again next week. Be blessed. Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel.